This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Things take time, you know, and I know I frustrated a lot of people here, um, you know, when I stood up here at the podium at the end of the season and, and I said, like, you know, I have to evaluate. We all have to evaluate. We have to take stock in, in, in where, you know, things may or may not go and how we're going to handle it. And, um, and, and again, you know, you might be frustrated with me here at the end of this podium uh, today because I'm not going to make any bold proclamations about anything, you know, coming up here because, um, you know, this is this is the process in the National Hockey League. And wake up tomorrow and, you know, like I tell you what, I, I don't know if anyone sprinted down the stairs quicker, you know, like when Scheif got the puck to the head there yesterday because all I could think of was, you know, what we had gone through, you know, years past. And, and it's those moments in time that, you know, these are people and, and these, these guys are, you know, they are like family and we talk about it. And we talked about things like that with, you know, when, when Bones, you know, had to take a step back to deal with Judy. And, you know, I stood in front of the guys in the dressing room. I said, you know, we talk about being a family, um, but now we got a chance to walk it. You know, we can talk the talk, but we get a chance to walk it now. Kevin Chevaldayoff, general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, speaking uh, to the media, to the, to the fan base, a mid-season sort of presser with the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets as they get set to take on the Chicago Blackhawks this evening at Canada Life Center. Pre-game show gets going at 5, puck drop at 7. And, and Jim Toth on the line tonight, an eight-game winning streak. Continue the 30-game streak of three or less goals. Ten-game streak of two or less Point streak potentially getting to fourteen games. I mean, I could, I could go on. Uh, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. I've not seen uh, as jovial. I think Jack Roslevic said uh, yesterday uh, when he was in town here with the Blue Jackets. Of course, former member of the Winnipeg Jets, former first round pick that was traded with with Patrick Liney over to Columbus. He said, "I, I saw Chevy. He was smiling ear to ear." I think that's the best way to put it. A little more pep in Chevy's step today. I um, not that he's not. You know, always very cordial and everything else, mm-hmm. but it seemed a little, little. And why wouldn't you be? You're the number one team in the National Hockey League, and more so to that cam of some of the things he addressed. I felt um, they made some major changes this year, and you never know how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people on paper thought it might take a year or two to get Velarde up to speed and and into games and and I follow and yeah. to see where this lineup will go without, you know, a dominant second line center. I know he's a fourth line center in LA right now, but, yeah, yeah. and, and um, you're <laughs> arguably your, your top yeah. scoring winger of all time. Um, but you know, it, it went, um, it went quite well for Chevy and much like anybody who I'm going to try something in their lives. I'm going to make some changes and it works out to a point to this point. Uh, he did seem uh, extra jovial there, and, and um, not extra jovial. He seemed jovial, but I love that you played that clip, Cam, because I could say you and I, but this entire city and province hammered that year-end presser hey, when he spoke on the Sunday. I'm not going to sit here and be the guy that's rewriting history here. I was, he was right to say frustrated. That was the way I would explain. How my feelings towards that press conference yes. and a lot of fans, you included. And I remember being on this show and, and getting vilified from some listeners about like, what do you do? And I said at the time, he cannot say anything. Yeah. And I know that with Chevaldeoff, he rarely says anything. Yeah. But this time, that after the bonus and the players, 
Mm-hmm. He literally, with contracts and the situation with four of his biggest stars, could not say anything because we all heard. And look, did it not pay off? Yeah. Like the minute Kevin Chevel Dayoff sits there and goes, you know what? Well, this isn't good enough and we have to make changes. If he'd said that at the end of the year last year, the whole, I just want to win, I just want to win from Hellebuck, Shifley, everybody, he had to literally say absolutely nothing and then go about his offseason and see how it played out. What if two syllables exited his mouth during that press conference, rebuild? This entire season is completely different. Or just change. Yeah. Like if he just said, we're going to have to change some things. All of a sudden, the eyebrow of Connor Hellebuck gets raised a little bit and goes, I'm more about winning right now. Yeah. And I and, and look, say what you want about it. Everything I've heard from Connor Hellebuck is he liked this team last year. He didn't want changes. He didn't. He said, I believe in these guys. I think we can win. I'm surprised we haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like when he says, I know a lot of you were frustrated with me, and I get frustrated with him sometimes too yeah. because he'll he'll do this midseason address for years now, and I'll be like, you know, he didn't really say anything. He didn't really delve into anything. But when he does say some things, and you have to pay attention to it because it's not often, it, he usually lets you behind the curtain. And I thought he let us behind the curtain a bit today too about Shifley and everything else. Yep. Shifley talking about the captaincy and when he said he was going to be Lowry and all that, how much Shifley cares about this city and this team. But – um, I, 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 I just sort of perked up when he said, I know a lot of you were frustrated. I'm like, if I was, so that happened on the Sunday, Monday, we came in to do this show and it was Sunday night that I thought I looked at it all. And I'm like, man, this guy's off season with the arguably no more, the best goalie in the national hockey league. Yeah. Your number one center, your number two center and your all time points leader, who's been here for 11 years, this guy's off season, not to mention the Nita riders and everything else is. And so then I, I think it was very calculated of him to say absolutely nothing in April. Yeah, absolutely. 204-780-6868. Get your thoughts on it. Um, morning skates have been a little uninteresting over the last little bit. Yeah. Uh, but there's, we actually have some news today. Uh, very line, interesting. Yeah, some very interesting news. It's usually just been saying the lines are the same, things are staying the same. Um, I thought that Brassois would be starting this game. I kind of had it pegged um, that they were, I mean, just sort of the conversation going. Rick Bonus, they wanted to get Brassois at least once a week. He's going to be starting to, uh, today against Chicago. Um, uh, Ehler, Shifley, Velarde, staying uh, top line, Perfetti, Nemestikov, Ayafalo, uh, Nita Ryder, Lowry, Appleton, uh, Baron, Toninato, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, not skating. Um, uh, bonus talking about that he's going to be a game time decision due to illness. Uh, will go 11 7 if he can't play. Logan Stanley, uh, did stay on for some extra, uh, did not stay on for extra work. So, presumably, um, if Axel Janssen Fialmi is not going to play due to illness, uh, Logan Stanley presumably would be the guy who steps in there for the 11-7 situation. Um, Ville Hainala, Jim, uh, out there in a regular jersey, and uh, Sheveldayoff did confirm this medically cleared and will be assigned to the Moose. I did a little bit of math. Um, he was expected to be out uh, months when he went out. It was 14 weeks, so about three and a half, uh, three and a half months uh, just under uh, just just under three and a half months for him to to him to return there. So that's good news for the for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, very good news and and good for Hainola. Get some games in with the Moose, and then we go forward to see where we're from there. Um, 
And then I also like what Sheveldayoff had to say, and I kind of expected that from when he said, we, they've accomplished absolutely nothing yet. Yeah. This is the other part of this, um, going back to April, Cam, is when, when Josh Morrissey joined us on the show, Adam Lowry, yeah. Kyle Connor, uh, on and on. Um, those three veterans acknowledged, and, and Morrissey unasked. Like, we didn't ask him about it. He just said, we've underachieved the past four or five years, and we know that. And it's not about we expect to win the Stanley Cup. It's we've had a good enough team to move on prior to the first round. Just confirmed, uh, Kevin Chivaldayoff will be joining Jim. And I guess I'm going to be sticking around too at 103. So make sure oh, you're going to be joining us right now. So Kevin Chivaldayoff will be here on 680. He is in a great mood. 103. How could he not be? He's going to be on Jets at, well, the extended ex- version. We'll, we'll extend of Jets, Jets at, at noon, noon a little bit. So looking forward to that. Uh, just confirming that. But, news. Um, so now they they have this, right? And you mentioned the streaks are going for tonight, and, and we'll get into the game itself. But, yeah. I, I mean, look, they should beat Chicago. They should win this game. This is the most beat-up, lineup-missing team in the National Hockey League. And we saw that with Columbus mm-hmm. to a degree. But this is – they are missing an enormous amount of people, including the Connor Bedard uh, phenom that he is. So this should be a win for the Jets, but they still have to play the game. But – it's like he said, he goes, you know, and we'll ask him about this, what he's thinking about adding and all that. Cause that seems to be the number one question from our listeners, right? Like on yeah. our text line, which we appreciate our emails, everything else, yeah, our yeah. social media, by all means, get some questions in. Um, and, and if Chevrolet was joining us now, that's great. Um, what you would like to know about, but to me, the Mark Shifley thing, what he said, like nobody ran down the stairs faster because he's been around long enough that yeah. your this great season could get derailed real quick. And the team they're playing tonight, you can just look at that roster and, and understand how that is. There's yeah. a guy missing because of what he did off the ice. There's a guy missing because he got his jaw broken, and then you go on from there with the rest of the injuries. Like, there's a multiple number of reasons why that Blackhawks lineup is depleted. So there, there, he, w- there will be man hours missed, Jim. Like, yes. it, over the last the back half of the season, there's going to be injuries. So they're, f- they're going to happen. So for the people who were asking us yesterday and the day before about, like, why would you touch anything with this team? Well, this mm. is why. If Shifley's out for six weeks because of that puck to the head on Tuesday. Like, if they're shopping for a second-line center, that's why. Like, you never know what's going to happen, and if you can add some depth, you do it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Connor as well. This is good news, as well as David Gustafson, both uh, joining the Jets for the morning skate in non-contact jerseys. So Kyle Connor getting closer uh, to a return. Don't have a date, don't have a time frame here, uh, but we can certainly say if he's out there in the morning skate in a non-contact jersey, he is getting closer. Kevin Chevaldeoff is going to be joining us at one oh three, at the in the first little segment of uh, of uh, the Jim Tilt Show. Um, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. David Pagnata is going to be joining us with uh, editor in chief of the fourth period. What's the latest in the NHL? Jets uh, potential trades moves. Is there any available? What's going on across the league? As well, we'll get your reaction, 204-780-6868. And I I saw this on Reddit, Jim. What team do you think is the most ready for a rebrand? What team do you think needs a new logo, maybe a new uniform? Don't answer. So you said that, and I immediately thought there's a couple organizations I think that should... We'll but, talk, but it wasn't because of that. It was just... We'll talk about that when we get back. Maybe the one on Tuesday. I don't know. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, Jim, which team needs a new rebrand? Saw this on Reddit. Uh, needs a new logo, new uniforms. Uh, I got to go with Anaheim. Oh, go back to I the Mighty Ducks Anaheim. purple. No. 
I think that's what's lost to this. So I don't mind the black orange, but I just, the purple and all, no, never again. Go back. No. Uh, Columbus, go back to those cannon alts, those alter alternate jerseys. Yeah. They have way nicer than the normal ones. Um, um, they should also change to Ohio. They should be the Ohio. I was going to go Blue Islanders, jackets. but they went back to the original and why and the Bring Islanders. Bring back the fishermen. I like that. No, not the, fi- the, the fisherman's friend. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, this is my number one though. Vancouver, go back to the black, red, yes. and yellow. So bring it back. So I had Anaheim all together, wipe it all out. But I, I want the original black. I used to hate that as a kid growing up, and now I can't get enough of it. That's black and gold, yellow with the skate. Bring that back. Beautiful. Ditch the Orca. David Pagnotta, fourth period. What's going on with the Jets? Potential trades, all that. We'll get into that right after 1230. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. You know, when they when they when I started to actually like start breathing and uh realizing I was all good and it was just a it was just a it was just my ear and then you know I realized I was all good and and settled out and obviously wanted to you know the the process took took a lot longer than I anticipated but the doctors did an amazing job stitching me up and and making sure I was okay and you know doing all the necessary testing to to make sure I was all okay so you know obviously very very thankful to them and you know, thankful to God that uh, that I'm all good here. Mark Scheifele, uh, talking about a little bit of anxiety, thoughts to Brian Little, of course, uh, it took a, I don't know if it was a similar situation, but it was a puck to the year that ended his career. So very thankful it wasn't, uh, it That's wasn't serious. That's what I thought of when I saw that. Immediately. I, I was at the, in the barn the night that Ehlers er, fired that puck and yeah. hit Little. Um, but the other thing is there is, he said a minor injury, all great. There's a lot of ton of injuries in the National Hockey League. One of the injuries in any sport that I would detest is stitches in your ear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, stitches in your ear. There's injuries still to come, not just here in Winnipeg, across the National Hockey League, and it could certainly change uh, the landscape as we uh, are really starting to dig in. Of course, when the Winnipeg Jets are in the first place, how can they improve? How can they get better? That's why we're bringing on uh, David Pignata, editor-in-chief of the fourth period, to talk all about it. David, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good, David. Good to have you on again. Um, (laughs) so David, how active right now, and what are you hearing about the Winnipeg Jets? I I think this is a, and, and, um, like a lot of teams right now are are doing their, you know, quote unquote, due due diligence, right? Like trying to, trying to collect information, see who's available, who's, who's either available now or potentially available if, you know, a team bottoms out or, or falls out of the playoff race. Want to, want to have an understanding as to who are the the assets that are going to be potentially available from a rental perspective, and then also get an understanding around the league of what other players may be available that perhaps have some term um, that, you know, may, may be a, an option in terms of a, a longer term solution. So I think Chevy and, and the staff, um, and I know we spoke today, I, I, I was at the Kings skate here in, in, in sunrise, They're, they play the Panthers later today. So I missed that. But uh, my understanding is that they're looking, they're, they're, trying to see what their options are and in a perfect world if this team can add a 2c uh at at some point between now and the deadline i think that would certainly be something on his list and so i know this will be if they do a name that we never thought of like the paul stasny trade years ago that i didn't even hear that being bantered Mm -hmm. about but um there's two names out there of course and and i think sean monahan is a really good fit here david just because the price Mm -hmm. might be lower 
although I fully admit they would rather, and every team would love Elias Lindholm, but I think a lot of teams would, and the price would be high. What are you hearing around what the asks are for both of those players now? What what kind of assets would it cost to potentially get into some deep negotiations to get either Lindholm or Monaghan? Well, you know, as you said, there's a there's a big price gap between the two, um, for for obvious reasons. Now, with respect to, I don't know specifically what the asking price is to be honest with Sean Monaghan in Montreal. I think the Canadians either are having or had a discussion uh, to get an idea with him to see if maybe there's a play to, to to keep him around. Otherwise, you're probably looking at a high pick, maybe a second rounder. They may ask for a first. I, I don't think that's realistic. Um, but you're probably looking at second round pick and, and maybe an additional piece kind of added there for, for a Monaghan. For Lindholm, it, 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 this is a, a kind of a three-prong attack that Calgary is going to take here in terms of what the asking price is. So first round pick, a young caliber player um, or, or top tier prospect and, and an additional asset. So you're looking at three pieces that are likely to be or you know equivalent to a first round pick or, or what have you. Um, but effectively, if you want Elias Lindholm, that seems to be what the price is going to be um, and is right now to, to get him. Is it something similar for Chris Tanev with the Flames? No, I don't think it would be. I think uh, similar from for H- Noah Hannafin. Um, with, with, so Calgary Calgary's pretty wide open. We're going to be hearing a lot about the Flames um, and some of their the willingness to move out some pieces. I think Tanev, not three, um, you're probably looking at a pick and a prospect is, is likely the ask. Now, whether a team is going to do that, obviously we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but that, that seems to be, you know, picking a prospect versus the pick prospect and, and third asset or top prospect, young NHL caliber player and third asset for Lindholm. You're going to hear some other guys in Calgary over the next, you know, few weeks with, with Craig Conroy's willingness to, to move some bodies um, and to kind of, uh, he wants to buy and sell. We'll move out some assets, utilize some of those pieces, um, in, in, and package that up for perhaps longer-term solutions. So the Flames are going to be an interesting team to watch as they sell out guys that they probably aren't going to re-sign or are unable to, um, and then try to find some some pieces elsewhere. Uh, I mentioned Jacob Markstrom in a column earlier this week. He's somebody that they're willing to listen on. Um, but until that gets serious, they're not going to go to him asking about potentially waiving his no move until they have something concrete. There's going to be a few other names that are going to pop up in Calgary, like I said, between now and the deadline. Who? Well, before we get into who else might be selling, um, I wanted to ask you about the market and and what's available. I understand the Jets, and feel free to correct me, David. I think they're going to have just over five a mil at the deadline, five, five and a half. And right. then, you know, they have their picks. They got Montreal second this year, but they have every pick every round except for the fourth, I think, next year. Um, and then, you know, they have the cap room. Do the Bostons, do the Colorados of the world have that that much available to, to get players? Like, I'm trying to gauge the market from a standpoint of who has commodities to make trades. I think the Jets are one of them. I, I don't know how deep, like, the Bostons, the Colorados, who might be looking to make deals have when it comes to assets. Yeah, the Winnipeg certainly has a, a, a full cupboard, um, if you want to call it, in terms of pieces that they can move out. Because in terms of like moving a first-round pick, for example, you're more comfortable in doing that when, I mean, A, you, you have to be of the mindset that you, know, you, you need to go all in and this is a year you can challenge for a Stanley Cup. So, you know, juice worth the squeeze kind of mentality. 
But at the same time, because you have so many young pieces in your system um, from, from previous drafts and guys that you've developed and, and all of that, it makes it a lot easier to either move one of them or move a first-round pick. I, I don't think memory serves correctly. I don't think Boston has their first pick this year. Um, the Avs do. So, but again, in terms of overall assets, um, it's, it's a combination of a willingness to part with some of those pieces and then also having an understanding that if you're moving that out, it's not as a big hit because you've got a, a, a solid prospect pool to, to kind of work with. So, you know, other teams like Carolina, for example, that is going to likely look at the center position as well there's less willingness to pay a premium for a rental piece, even, you know, for, for a team like them that likely feel, at least they feel they're, they're looking to challenge as well. So I think Winnipeg is in a good position based on performance, what they have. You've got Kyle Connor coming back next month. Um, this is, this is a good opportunity to pounce. And I think, you know, that's, that's something that Chevy and the staff are looking at based on performance, talent, guys that can come into the system um, and, and, and make impact type of additions. Like if they're the thing to go along with this, like speaking with respect to Lindholm, everybody knows what the asking price is for him on an extension. It's nine plus per year, 9 million plus per year. So Winnipeg may look at this as purely a rental scenario and still feel like giving up the pieces makes sense this season to chase a cup. Yeah, and that's a great point you made, David. Uh, and we'll get by, let you go here, Ken. But we found out last year when I was kind of amped up about maybe spending to go. Like I've I've been reiterated after the deadline last year that the Jets aren't in a an organization that will give up a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just aren't. That's how they are solidified to get players here. That's how they know players will be here for a while. Um, but I wonder if that changes a bit this year. I wonder if, because if there ever was a year yeah. they could go without a first-round pick, it's when they're going to be picking 20 to 32nd yes. and the cupboards are full. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's where you, 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 you come into the mentality of, okay, it, it's, we can pay this price, this premium now because of where we anticipate to be. Like if you're a conference final team, uh, you know, you're picking what, 29th, 30th? Yeah. yeah. You know, so you, you, again, you have to decide when is the right time to, to make those types of moves. When is the right opportunity to pounce? And if this team believes that they are legitimately first in the league and, and have a, 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 as good of a shot as anybody to chase the Stanley Cup based on the performances of, of a lot of their players and, and how the team is clicking, the defensive structure is there. Hellebuck, if he keeps this up, should be nominated again for a Vesna and so on and so on. It, I think this is an opportunity. This is the year that you look at this going, okay, we have, we have a shot here to do something really special. We've got a ton of assets that, that we can play with. Um, and if we move a couple out, it's not detrimental to the, the, the continued development of this franchise. I, I think they're going to take a serious cons- look at and consideration at moving it this year, depending on what's available. Like if, it's, if we're talking about Lindholm, yes. If we're talking about Monaghan, no. Um, or, or, you know, guys in that Adam Henrique, no. Uh, but for, you know, someone like, like Lindholm, uh, I, I think they would seriously consider that as part of the package. Yeah. And David, you know, I remember last year talking about, and you said the Winnipeg Jets were actively going after term. They wanted to have a guy with an extra yep. year on RFA status guys they could keep. Well, they kept 
the two midseason additions were Vladislav Nemestikov, Nita Niederreiter. They both signed again with the Winnipeg Jets. And I, and I just wanted to ask you one question, one more question before we left in terms of timelines. Do you think this is going to be an early trade deadline where teams start moving in maybe in the next month, in the next five weeks or so? Or is it going to be something that teams are going to wait and see uh, what happens as we approach that deadline? I think it, it's it's like the the, the Drysdale Gochet trade tickled a lot of people's fancies this week, um, and and it's escalated a few things. We know Ottawa is very active right now. Um, I'm we'll have some stuff on this a little bit later uh, today, but there are a few pieces that they are. Uh, I don't know if actively shopping is the right word, but have made aware to a number of teams that are available. That includes. Ridley Gregg and Jake Chikrin. Um, and, and we'll have some stuff on this on the fourth period later, later today about it. Um, but Ottawa's very active there. Um, and Calgary, we know, tremendously active as well. Um, New Jersey's another team that is, that is active. I mean, things have, depending who you talk to, and some teams aren't as, like the LA Kings, for example, it's all quiet with respect to LA. They're not looking to make anything happen at the moment. But other teams, the ones that I mentioned and, and a few others that are doing their you know, responsibility, due diligence, collecting, all that stuff now, I think things start to pick up. So if we, we may see a domino type of scenario here that if you know, Ottawa gets in on the action and does something relatively significant, it may have an effect on a team like Calgary, for example, um, or, or another club. And we could see that activity pick up you know, sooner rather than closer to the deadline, which... You know, every now and again, there are certain teams that would like to pounce well in advance of the deadline. Um, you know, Colorado likes to do that. That's the mentality there. Uh, the Islanders' mentality there as well to do something in advance, you know, well in advance of the deadline because you want to build additional chemistry and, and all of that and get away from distractions because it is, you know, for a lot of players, it's a bit of a stressful time, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially for certain players that have family like wives are due around that time and things like that with, with babies and all that. So all of these little tiny elements get, get added to the equation. But I, I think if we see another fairly significant piece drop here this month, uh, I could see a, a, a bit of a trickle effect and domino effect afterwards. David yeah. Pagnotta, editor-in-chief of the fourth period. Always great stuff. David, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, awesome stuff, you David. Got- Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, uh, Jim, you know, looking at the situation. And what's going to happen? This might be the year where it's like the Jets will go on a rental. I mean, it's it's been in in the past. It's been you don't give up the first round pick, or if you do, you got you got to make sure that you have a way or an avenue to get another first round pick. And it's always team control. Oh, Nito Niederreiter is an extra year on his deal. That's something we're interested in. Vladislav Nemestikov, he's looking for a home. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll bring him in as a, as a quote-unquote rental, but we have a real great shot at signing this guy and keeping him here in Winnipeg. Well, and I think Sheveldayoff does that more so than any other GM because it's Winnipeg, right? So yeah. I, I look at, you know, this is what we need, but I also he also has in the back of his mind term, term, like long-term. Yeah. How do we keep players here? Because it's hard to get them to come here in free mm-hmm. agency. And everything else, but I I think that I wonder about that. Um, I, I agreed last year. Like I I really pushed hard for them to do something, but this is the other thing that stood out to me this week, Cam. Um, is and I was listening to Sean Reynolds on with Sportsnet, and and he made the point like it's a different thing. Last year the trade deadline, you were trying to stop the slide. Yeah. This year you're trying to help the climb. Mm-hmm. 
And it's it's a different like last year would have been a panic thing, right? Like, yeah, let's go get Chikrin. Let's go overpay and, and see what Meyer can do for us and things like that. Ottawa. Um, the yeah. Ottawa Senators. And, and they're so, great at doing that. Yeah. And so now it's more of a different. Um, I still think he's going to be methodical about it. I think he's going to worry about next year and the year after as well. But the biggest thing that has changed this year compared to last is, you know, Shifley and Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. And when you didn't know that last year, and if, if there was a potential that all four of those names were gone, Dubois, Wheeler, Shifley, Hellebuck, then you need those first round picks. By keeping Hellebuck and Shifley, and if it looks like you're going to pick 20th or 25th or lower, you might, you know, send. And that's often quite when you're talking about the Lindholms of the world, that's yeah. often what the difference is. There's a team who's going to pick in the top, like 14th, 15th, and there's a team that's going to pick 25th, and they take the first round pick that's picking 15th. Yeah, that's just the way it goes, too. 204 780 6868. Text the show. Love getting uh, responses from you guys as well. And don't forget, Kevin Chivalday off will be joining us right after the one o'clock news. I think I'll stick around for that, Jim. I don't know. Are you going to have me? Yeah, if you'll stay, please. Okay. Well, I got stuff hey, I got to do. Kevin will be disappointed if you don't stay. Yeah, I know. That's why I, so, that's why I please, came on. He, can you give us a couple minutes? Okay. I, I'll, I'll I know the time. pedicure is waiting. Can you can you reschedule for later in the afternoon? My cuticles are looking. They're disgusting. They're, they're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for joining us. 104, it is a Winnipeg Jets game day in the snow. The Chicago Blackhawks are in town, and we have the pregame at 5 o'clock with Derek Taylor in for Kelly Moore. And Paul Edmonds and Mitchell Clinton will have the call tonight at 7. We are going to get into the weather and the roads and all that today and a bunch of other stuff, but we're out of the gate talking Jets. Cam Poitras is sticking around from Jets at noon. Because Kevin Chevaldeoff, general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, joins us now. Kevin, thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time, and, and we'll just get right into it. Um, what what do you see from your team this year that might be different from years previous or the way this season ended last year that has them in first place right now? Well, obviously, we, we made a bunch of changes, uh, you know, during the summer. And, and uh, with that, you know, you you have uh, uh, anticipation and to see how the chemistry and, and that, uh, you know, does, does click. I think, you know, we, we've, we've seen a couple of guys come in the lineup, a couple of guys leave the lineup with injury. Um, you know, so again, we're still um, kind of transitioning, I think, to, to, to hopefully try to get a full lineup at some point in time and, and, and see where things are at. But, um, you know, again, you're, you're thankful to, to get to this point in the season and, and have the record that you are, but you're certainly mindful, you know, again, you got there for, you know, because you played a certain way and, and, you know, you have to continue to, uh, you know, to do that uh, moving forward. I mean, looking towards, uh, you know, moves, that's the big thing. That's what all the fans are talking about. Is there going to be any additions? What can the Winnipeg Jets uh, do to get better, to help them uh, stay on top of the league? Um, do you see, potentially some early moves here. I mean, when, when would you feel comfortable to, to make ads? I mean, maybe not right now, but like when will the sort of the ducks start to go in a row? Well, I think the first ad that, that we're, you know, hopefully anticipating here is getting Kyle Connor back. I think that's uh, you know, a, a big important thing here. He's, you know, skated with the team today in non-contact Jersey, uh, you know, still a ways away, but you know, when you, you can progress, you know, from the injury he had to to the point of of getting on the ice and and and, and able to skate with the team, it's it's a welcome uh, you know welcome opportunity. So, you know, again, he, he's a foundational piece of this uh, you know this organization. So certainly having him 
um, back in the lineup and, and uh, will be something that we, you know, we're, we're you know, anxiously awaiting. But, you know, as far as uh, the rest of, you know, anything, you know, it's like everything, you know, the chemistry plays such a big part in a, in a team sport. And, and um, you know, uh, as far as where we're going to be at, at you know, come trade deadline, uh, you know, that still has to be written, uh, still has to kind of play itself out. And, and uh, you know, we're hopeful that, you know, again, uh, we can continue, you know, to grind grind our way through this season and and, uh, and and we'll see where things are at moving forward. Tell us more about this Connor guy you're talking about that uh, – no, we're just kidding. Obviously, a great big ad would be there. Um, Kevin, you touched on something there that a lot of fans are asking about. Like, uh, the, the minute we speculate about what the team may do come the deadline, we hear about don't mess with this chemistry. They're, they're on a great run. They're in first place. And then you always have the people who go, I desperately want to know what they'd be looking at. I, I know you're not going to get into too many details of what you're thinking, but could you just give us some of your philosophy about that? Like when you have a team that's rolling like this and you mentioned chemistry, th- there is a concern there about that. But would that offset any any mindset you would have to make the team even deeper? So, you know, again, it, it does, you know, go through a process, obviously. Uh, you know, we're having pro scouting meetings and, and, and along with our amateur scouting meetings coming up next week. So, you know, you, you have to do your due diligence uh, and, and be prepared for everything. But, um, you know, when it comes down to deadlines, uh, you know, such as trade deadlines and stuff, you, you have to assess what, you know, what realistically is available um, and, and, and understand, you know, you know, your own team and see, okay, well, you know, does this fit? Is it a good fit? You know, whether it's a good fit personality-wise, whether it's a good fit um, positionally or player-wise or cap-wise, which is, is a very, very big thing um, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we have some challenges, uh, you know, uh, here. We have, you know, things like, uh, you know, performance bonuses that have to be accounted for that when, you know, you, 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 know, you, you look at the cap uh, right now and see, you know, well, they got this, but you know, there, there is, you know, hidden things there that, you know, the average fan doesn't necessarily account for when they look for it. And, um, you know, uh, you know, Cole Perfetti, you know, is having an exceptional year this year, and there's going to be some, you know, performance bonuses, uh, you know, along with that, that you have to factor in. So, um, you know, again, it, it, it's, it's all, you know, I understand everyone talks about these kind of things, but that's what makes the game exciting, I think, and it's an exciting part, um, you know, of being a fan. And, and uh, you know, we should just, you know, hopefully we can continue to, uh, you know, be a team that uh, people think you know uh, are, are in the mix. Is Perfetti the plan still with him to for him to be a centerman on this team? Well, I think the plan for him is is, is to, to to you know let him have as much success as possible. And and uh, you know again you know we'll, we'll talk that through as we continue to go. But you know again it, it, it's it's about putting players in in the right position uh, to be successful in, in, and and help the team be successful. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Was that the plan you had in the summer um, to make the team deeper? Like when you were talking about or looking at the changes that you may or may not have done, including the ones you have done, um, like it, it doesn't seem like you were focused so much on, oh, we're trading out a center, so we got to get a second line center back, and 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 we're losing a score like Blake Wheeler, so we need a. It seemed like you were. Was it fair to say that you were focused on making the team deeper? Well, you know, certainly that 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 kind of you know evolved. Um, you know, when you go out and set out to to you know make a trade uh, of the magnitude that we did, um, you know, there's lots of things that go into it. And and, it, and again, it kind of goes back to you know when we're talking about if you're, if you're going to trade for for something at the deadline or whatever, you have to know what's out there and you have to you know it, it has to fit. You know, and and I think that the biggest underlying factor for us was that we felt. 
um, you know, that the, uh, you know, that the trade that, that we made was, you know, was going to fit from a lot of different angles. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to grow, you know, as a team as well. And, and, and you know, you, you, you may have your best laid plans, but, you know, again, things pop up or things, you know, happen and evolve. And I think that's what, you know, good coaches, uh, um, you know, can understand is, is, you know, how do you maximize, um, you know, what, what you have on your roster on any given night. And, and, that, and that's where Bones and, and the staff have, uh, have really been, you know, done a good job. Uh, are, is, are you guys, will you guys be in the rental market, a high, some of the high-priced rentals, or is there going to be still the consideration about term um, and, and holding on to players for potentially a year or two, similar to Nito Niederreiter? Well, I think, you know, this, it does go back to, you know, a function of the cap as well, too, because, you know, again, um, you know, sitting here today, you know, I don't know what we're going to project to have, you know, from a cap perspective yeah. that that'll play itself out, like I say, with some performance bonus stuff, but also with, you know, different injury, um, you know, stuff as we as we go over, the, you know, the 40 games. So, um, you know, that's where the speculation sometimes, you know, should be tempered. But but again, you know what, that, that, that's part of being a fan. So, you know, go ahead. Have your fun, speculate, but you know we'll we'll um, you know we'll continue to to monitor and and you know try to put this team in in as best a possible position that that we can to uh, you know to uh, you know to be successful. We come up with any great ideas, we'll forward them on. <laughs> yeah, it's, you got to do it for real. We just sit here and talk about yeah, it. You do it for real. We'll just we'll just come up with these dream scenarios for yeah. for you for sure. Um, I, you talked about Bones and, and the coaching staff. Um, how integral is this to, to the success this year? I mean, I know they, they had a great first half last year trying to hang on. We all saw how the season ended in some of the comments. This must be really satisfying to to going back to not just last offseason, Kevin, but to when you hired Rick Bonus and the vision that you had. I would presume that this season and, and the success, even though, you know, it – we all know it takes longer than fans expect it to, but you must feel um, a little bit of pride here knowing that this was the right decision with the coaching staff. Well, you know, what, what you see is what you get with Rick Bonus. He's very, you know, very authentic. He, he, he doesn't really, you know, talk in riddles or, you know, hide, uh, you know, his, his feelings or his thoughts. And, and uh, you know, I think that was something that, uh, you know, the, the players, you know, embrace. And I think, uh, you know, he, he had lots of conversations with the players during the summer. You know, he, he's a guy that, you know, likes uh, communicating, you know, with them individually, you know, as the summer goes on and, and, uh, you know, again, it, 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 it does take time and, and, but, you know, you know, Bones's thought process, his beliefs, um, you know, that's never changed. That's always been something that, that he's held near and dear to him, but, you know, as a coach, he, he certainly has evolved. And, and, you know, those are things that I think the players recognize is that, um, you know, th- there's certain things that are, are, are non-negotiables, but then there's, you know, certain things that, uh, that coaches, um, you know, have to understand, you know, the, the, the team and the players that they have and, and evolve as well. So, you know, that's, uh, again, at the end of the day, you know, I can sit here and talk, I can do different things. Bones can talk, but the players have to go out there, play and execute. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's, you know, again, for us to be successful uh, in the second half of the year and, and, and hopefully longer, is, you know, we have to play that certain way consistently. I remember Bones saying, and he said it several times um, at the beginning uh, in, in training camp, is everybody on this team wants to be here. And that was said several times. Uh, there was nobody that was a holdout or anything like that. How much has that been a part of where this team is right now? 
Well, I think there was a, you know, a, certainly a real excitement uh, that was generated, uh, you know, right at the beginning of the season when um, we received such massive commitments from, uh, you know, from Mark Shifley and, and Connor Hellebuck. I think that, you know, that that signaled to the, you know, to the group that, you know, again, I, and I talked about it at the time, um, and it still rings true, is that, you know, those two guys want to win, and you know, that's first and foremost. But the, the most, you know, the second thing that that, that was you know, very front and center too, is that they want to win with this group of guys. So I, I think that that really helped set the mindset and set the tone for, you know, um, uh, to get off to the start that we had. And, uh, you know, again, there's going to be, you know, roller coaster ride here for the, you know, ups and downs that we're going to have to endure. And, um, you know, uh, again, it's, it's, it's nice. And it's, I think it's, you know, uh, the guys are excited that, you know, you were at this point because, you know, a, you know, a win's a win and, and you can bank them and, and move on. But um, the most important thing is the Blackhawks tonight. And, and you know, you can, uh, the things become cliches because they're true. You know, you, you have to, you know, just kind of, you know, play these games one at a time and, and, you know, put your best foot forward on a daily basis. I do. And I've said this on the program, Kevin, I await the book eventually on the distance traveled from last April to September with the organization, because I, I would imagine there was a ton of things that were all bantied about and, and having to make some choices to where you've gotten to. But, but that being said, um, you mentioned it earlier today. And again, already, like there's a lot of hockey left. And I think all the fans understand that they're enjoying this right now. What, what are your expectations? The games get tougher now. Um, do you expect this team to, to hang around and be around first place by the time April comes up? Well, you know, again, you're, you're hopeful because once you taste it, you know, you want to continue to, you know, to kind of be there. But um, I want this team to continue to play good hockey, what, what, you know, and play hockey the right way. And, and what will happen after that will happen. But, but I think, you know, we're not sitting here focusing on being in first place. We're not sitting here focusing on, you know, you, you have to focus on, on, on the process. You have to focus on playing the right way on, on a nightly basis. And, and the rest of it, you know, hopefully it'll take care of itself. I mean, you got some spots on the blue line. Um, uh, I mean, you got Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon. Those are both uh, UFAs uh, up and coming here. I talked to Brendan. Uh, uh, I've talked to both of them actually over the last little bit um, since the beginning of training camp. Both of them want to commit and, and you know are willing to stay in Winnipeg. But you got some decisions to make. There's some guys knocking at the door, some young guys on the blue line. You know, Logan Stanley, what's going to happen with him? Ville Hainala, he just got loaned to the Manitoba Moose to get some conditioning. He's been cleared to play. You you confirmed that um, earlier today um, uh, during your press conference. Um, is it a wait-and-see situation on the blue line for the Winnipeg Jets uh, before anything kind of comes together? Well, we've had uh, either myself or Larry Simmons has, has spoken to you know their respective uh, you know agents, and, and and there's lots of different things. There, there's you know there's you know, obviously there's RFA status of, of players coming in the summer too. So um, you know there, there's there's lots of moving parts all the time with um, you know with respect to uh, those type of things. But you know one one thing we you know definitely don't want to take away from is the fact that you know both those guys are such big pieces of the success that we're having this year. And, um, you know, again, they've, they've, you know, earned that opportunity here to, you know, to, to continue to, you know, put our best foot forward. And, and you know, the business side of the game, it, it finds a way to, to, to work itself out. But um, the most important thing right now is, is, is just keeping this team on track and, and moving forward. Yeah, Larry Simmons, I referenced this years ago with you, Kevin. I'll say it again. He's the Don Draper of 
NHL GMs, the, mad, the, the, the mind behind it all that, that makes things go. So we really appreciate it, Kevin. Uh, congratulations on success so far. We appreciate the update here at the midway point of the season and best of luck with the rest of the year. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks very much for having me on and appreciate it. And, um, you know, look forward to, uh, chatting in the future. Yeah, we'll have you back whenever you can, for sure, as we go forward into this season. Blackhawks and Jets tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop pregame right here on 680 CJOB at 5. Thanks to Cam for hanging around. Great discussion with the GM. We'll talk about that and the game tomorrow uh, on Jets at noon. Just, you know, hand me the envelope. We'll just get out of here. here dude, there, you gra- you I've talk- been watching a lot of Sopranos talk lately. Talk to Tyson on your way out, and he's got an you envelope know, I, for It was you, like, yeah. you know, Polly walks in, and it's been a good week. Did you see Mad Men? Yeah, I've seen Mad yeah, Men. Yeah, Larry Simmons with the contracts and the deals and... He's very dapper, Don Draper. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was cool. Just think about it. I thought I was going to pick up smoking because he looks so good smoking. <laughs> we'll take a break. Talk some weather when we come back to the Jim Tilt Show on 680 CJOB. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.